Welcome to the Maria Heller Show, on the net since 2000 and still going strong. If you feel like you're not getting the real news, if you feel like you're not connected spiritually, you have found your home. Maria covers a wide range of topics as only a snarky New Yorker can. Straight up, no chaser. No censorship, no corporate sponsors, thus true freedom of speech. Your subscription gives you unlimited access as a member of the smartest audience on earth. Relax and enjoy the education. Now here's Maria. Good morning world. Maria here, alive and kicking. Welcome to Awaken with Maria and Monica. With my uh, guest, my co-host, my friend, Monica Sepulveda. You can check out her work at Monica with two ends.com. I have a live link here. And today's theme is prosperity as our divine right. So good morning, Monica. Good morning, Maria. Thank you for having me on. I'm actually in a really great place now. You know, the things that I've just been through with uh, feral cats and finally getting them caught and taken to a safe place. So it brings me anxiety. Anybody that has compassion for animals, sometimes it's really hard when you have empathy, you know, because you feel what they feel, and I did. So it's over now. They're in a safe place, and I'm happy to be here today with you and talking about prosperity, our divine right. Um, you know, we're supposed to be prosperous, and a lot of people don't understand that it's our divine right. We are not supposed to struggle, but many do. And a lot of times, again, I feel that when we listen to news uh, about, you know, everything's going up, groceries, gas, whatever, you know, uh, it's happening here too, but I have a different kind of mindset now that I've actually been given this information through download. Uh, And when we focus on lack, we only get lack, you know, duh. So when we focus on I have enough and my only one source and supply is my higher power, whatever you want to call it, higher power, the universe, the I am, the source of love, love, God, um, the Om, whatever you want. It doesn't care because it's still love. All of the things that we call it is still love. So when we connect to that love on a daily basis, on a daily basis, because we get off-centered a lot, Uh, because, again, we're listening to too much on the outside, then what happens is that we're one with that source, and that source is unlimited. Therefore, we're one. We are God. We are unlimited, and that's the only reality we need to, to talk to ourselves about, or the only way we should define ourselves is to know that we are God, that to know that we are unlimited in all things, not just in finances. But guess what? The finances go up. I know because I did this this last month. I went through a really tough period. And, you know, I was healing from knee replacement surgery, which takes forever. And um, then losing my two cats in five months, the last one a month ago. Then these cats come into my yard, and then I've got to take care of them. I was just, like, not in a good place, couldn't focus or anything. It was reflecting in my finances. Then I started getting this information, and I actually wrote down bullet points for you and me. Uh, because there is a process to make this uh, manifest. And if you listeners listen to what we're saying today, you're going to find out that this is not as difficult as you think. The answer is simple. When we connect to that higher power of the universe, it doesn't matter what we call it. It's love. And so the key is we're the ones that are disconnecting with our own lies to ourselves, you know, we define ourselves by saying, I'm too fat, or I'm too this, or I'm too that, cancel, cancel, I don't let my brain record that, the brain's very logical, so it tends to always record everything we say, 
especially when we criticize ourselves. And you know what, Maria? I've been doing this work professionally since 1972. May the 15th is when I got my um, my ordination because I am a minister with the like unity type of church science of mind, you know, metaphysician. And um, it's not connected to religion, but it is, you know, it, is, it was Christian-based. Then I started studying everything else. And one of the things I learned is that when we connect to the source on a daily basis, we stay centered because the only truth about ourselves is that we're loved. And since 1972, and this is 2021, we're still struggling. People are still struggling. I'm not going to include myself anymore because that's, again, sending the wrong message to my brain, which is like a biocomputer. Um, we're still, people are still struggling with the fact that they aren't good enough, they don't feel deserving, they don't feel worthy. There's a lot of things to unpack from the past, a lot of pain, and they don't know how to do any of these things, which is why I went into teaching, because there are steps to getting rid of this, and it's not as hard, and it's actually fun to let these things go. Why is it in all these years, it's going to be 50 years for me on May 15, 2022, the same lesson, the same lesson is called self-love. People just don't know how to do that. But, oh, I've got tons of tools, and I'm always ready to share those tools. So that is what's keeping us separated from the source because we don't see ourselves as one and the same. Therefore, when we keep telling ourselves lies about who we are, that's what the universe or the source, God, records and gives you the same. We can only manifest what we say to ourselves, what we think about the world, how we see things, and what we're doing. And with all the negativity around, I just don't listen to any, any, any kind of news except yours. That's it. I get all the stories from you. I love your humor. It makes me laugh. Huh. It lightens it up. And you know that laughter heals emotions. Music heals emotions. So when you're doing this kind of service, you're telling the truth. But then you're ending it also with the fact that spirituality is the way to get out of this. Don't focus on the outside. Focus on the inside. That's where we hold our power. Absolutely. Focus on the inside. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where it comes from. You know, one of our former friends used to teach that all the time, but now completely did a 180 and flipped the script and now is saying, you know, focus on the outside and not on the inside. And, you know, that's why we're not friends with him any longer. Right, <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you're going to focus on the outside, and a lot of people can't help it, you know, people that go to business and whatnot, mm -hmm. uh, they have, you know, I always suggest people just look at it, you know, going to your job as if you're a player in a soap opera. So, oh. you, so you don't overreact to what's going on during the day. And that's key. That is so key because... This planet, I feel, is really uh, um, experimental, you know, and the things from the outside tend to control us, our thinking, and, uh, you know, then we create all this emotional baggage, and then we create a lot of painful situations, and it's stored in the left brain, by the way, so we need to move to the right brain. Here's a simple thing. If you, if you want to activate the right brain, which is intuition, creativity, it, it's everything that's good. It's hearing direction about how, what to do with your life now, just start doing things like, you know, the right brain controls the left side of the body, so just start picking up things with the left hand. When you're waiting in line, let's say at the grocery store, shift all your weight to the left side. Just do more things with the left, and it starts to activate the right brain. I mean, how simple is that? Right, right. 
Well, they, they do say that most left-handed people are in their right right mind. Yeah, and I'm left-handed, you know. So that's <laughs> the only thing I do, though, left-handed is right. I do everything else with the right brain, you know, because I have this little exercise I do with people to find out whether they're dominant with their right or left brain or both. And I'm with both, and so I'm really glad about that. You know, as a child, they try to give me lefty scissors, but I can't cut with my left hand. I can only cut with the right hand, which is, you know, they thought that was kind of odd. But back then, you know, that was a long time ago, Maria. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. We're almost fossils, cancel, cancel. But anyway, <laughs> by the way, anytime we say something negative about ourselves, if you say the words cancel, cancel, the brain will delete it. So that's something you want to know. I learned that from my mother back when I was a teenager. Oh, I, yeah, I learned that a long time ago. I just say yeah, I canceled that thought because canceled, it's easy canceled. to it's very easy to get stuck on a negative track. It's very easy to do that. And then it spirals, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, it happened to me too. Yeah, so, it so, happens to all of us. I just happen to have a breakthrough this month because I followed all these steps that I got. There's 21 steps that I got. I added another one, by the way. And, um, you know, the, we get caught up in the negative thinking, and we're, we're controlled by that, and then the thinking starts to affect our emotions. Then our emotions start going into a negative place, and then it affects our body. Our body starts to get sick. And that's when we're trolled. I mean, for me, I had to get really sick in order to decide whether I wanted to live or die, and I decided, nope, I got a lot of work to do. So I did what I needed to do in order to to get healthy again, you know, I lost a lot of weight because, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I've been sexually assaulted twice and kept prisoner, and I had to escape from an Iranian person and then run out of his house in my underwear and bra and took off, and I was only 20 when this happened, so I, the best way to keep men away from you is what? Gain weight. Well, a lot of women do that uh, just as a protection, like an emotional protection as That's well. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. And they have connected sexual molestation with weight gain. Right, right. Well, you know, people that I've counseled that have gone through that, once their uh, abuser is no longer on the planet, mm -hmm. I remind them that, you know, your abuser is no longer on the planet, can't hurt you anymore. So you don't need, you don't need to keep that weight on anymore. Yeah, you, and you give them permission that way to let it all go. You know, they feel safer. And yeah, for a lot of people, they do let it all go. Yeah, and one of the people that just did it, he was on the news recently. He was a high-profile person, a billionaire. And, uh, you know, this happened when I was in my 20s. I used to fly in his Learjet with him alongside with F. Lee Bailey, who was O.J. Simpson's attorney, and uh, also Johnny Cochran, who I also met and talked to as well. Uh, but Johnny Cochran's passed away, Effie uh, Bailey's passed away, but this man also, the billionaire, he's passed away. So as everyone's writing how great he was, I thought, oh, this is bullshit, I'm going to write the truth. Nope, he had a dark side to him. He raped me several times, you know. And so anyway, I didn't, I, that was my way of letting it go, was just telling the truth instead of, you know, all these people thinking he was so great. No, he wasn't. Right, so whatever it is that a person is suffering... Mm -hmm. it, it always pays to talk to other people and put it out there. You have to. And when you let go of that baggage, it's such a relief. There's a lot of good tools that you and I have to help people let go of the things from the past. Because if we don't take care of those, they keep coming back into the present. And the present tense is where we create our future. So it doesn't make sense that we, we are a spirit with a body, with a mind, with emotions. And yet people don't pay attention to the spirit. The spirit is pure love. And when we connect to the source, that created all things, 
which I mean, I can't create a galaxy, can you? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I create my own world. So this world is experimental. It's based on free will, which means choice. But it's not only choice of what we want. It's choice of how we're going to, like you said, react. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, even when I counseled parents uh, that were having problems with their children when I was involved in tough love, it was all about changing your reaction to mm-hmm. your child. Because, you know, children don't believe me, and I know one of your points today is triggers. Uh, yeah. Children know how to push your triggers. And, you know, I like to call it pushing your buttons, even the ones that aren't there. Uh, but they also know <laughs> what kind of reaction you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to give them. And once you change your reaction, you have a very strong chance of changing their actions. It doesn't work all the time because some kids are just <laughs> just wildos. Uh, but, you know, I saw it in my own life. You know, when my daughter was young. She was, she, was, she was something. That's all I'll say. We'll call it she was something. And when she used to start her tirades against me, go flipping out and screaming and cursing and whatnot, um, I would put my headset on and listen. How old was she? She was probably about 14. Yep, that's the hormonal state. Right, and I would just put my headset on and let her go crazy. And sometimes I would just, (laughs) I was a unique mother. Sometimes I would just take a mirror and put it in front of her face so she could see what her face looked like while she was carrying on. Oh, that's great. Right. (laughs) I would keep this going until she would start laughing. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, I heard something close to that, but I like your technique better. One of the things I learned is as they're talking to you, you repeat them and say it exactly in the same way, and it makes them laugh because they know how ridiculous they look, you know? So I like this to put in the mirror in front so they can see themselves. Right. That's, that's called a pattern interrupt, professionally speaking, because I'm a neuro-linguistic therapist. That's called a pattern interrupt. You're interrupting their pattern. And, and you break them from it because they start, and they do start laughing. Finally. Right. And I mean, no matter how bad she flailed, the only response I would give her, but I still love you. And I would just Aww. keep saying that, but I still love you. Aww. And eventually That's... she just, it wore it down. It just yeah. got it to the point where she'd start laughing and realize the ridiculousness yeah. of what was going on. Great lesson, Maria. You know, one thing that people don't understand, though, and I have to make this point, is that children, their brain doesn't fully develop until they're around nine years old, so they tend to be very self-centered, and they don't have the capacity to see how their um, behavior impacts people around them until they're around nine. So a lot of children are, are being really abused when they're small because the parent doesn't understand just that one fact. Right, right. They cannot do anything outside themselves or see how they're affecting other people because they're in themselves and their brain isn't formed. They're self-centered at that point in time. And that, I can't, I never had children, but it must be really frustrating. Well, I will tell you this. It was the hardest job I've ever done, and I've done a lot of things. Love you. You know, we're talking about triggers. I mean, this is going to date me, and I, I don't know whether you were a fan of the show or not. But I would say the perfect example of a trigger was in an old Abbott and Costello uh, show. And it was uh, the one with the Susquehanna Hat Factory, which if, if people weren't familiar with Abbott and Costello, you really need to watch it. But if you remember, there was one bum or a hobo or drunk 
that <laughs> would always would always react if you mentioned Niagara Falls. Yes. Right. And then the slowly guy would go. Slowly we turn. Right. Slowly we turn. Step <laughs> by step. Inch by inch. By inch. And no matter how much Costello tried not to say Niagara Falls, it kept, kept slipping out, and that guy would continue to go through the whole spiel. The whole thing. I remember that one so well, Maria. Yeah, we are dating ourselves, aren't we? But you know what? That was when comedy was actually funny. It was funny, It yeah. wasn't canned laughter. It was real. You know, I actually have every single series of The Honeymooners. Oh, I love them, too. <laughs> Me too. I love that. To the moon, Blanche. Right, but he had he had a lot of triggers. <laughs> he had a lot of That's triggers. Definitely. But you know, let's let people know what a trigger is because these are super, super important. A trigger is when something happens that triggers a reaction from us that is really painful or negative or or angers us. Right. But you know, our reaction is that comes up is based on what's already inside of us and it needs to come out. So I was triggered when that former president separated the babies from their parents right. and, and from, you know, and they kept them isolated from them. The trauma, because as an empath, I felt their pain and I saw the videos of them just sobbing so much that they couldn't cry anymore because they were so exhausted. And then hearing the stories of them being in their diapers for weeks and not being changed and then having to drink toilet water. I mean, I lost it. It reminded me of Nazi Germany and I have been to Auschwitz in Poland and saw all the pain, you know. But that's a good place to go because it can remind you that you're whatever you're going through, you can get through it. Absolutely. But, you know, since you do listen to my news shows, which are the only news shows you listen to, and I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad I make you laugh. Uh, you know, I think my audience at this point knows very well what my big triggers are. Oh, es- absolutely. Especially what's going on in Texas with oh, the yeah. abortion True. law. That's one of my big pet peeves that could yeah. just well, drive me crazy, that makes me wish I, I was a marksman or something. Well, huh. you know, the, the voice told me that this is all going to pass. It's all temporary. <clears throat> like, the reality outside is temporary. We can change it. When we become centered and powerful and know that we are one with the source and that we are love, and there's a, no other definition of us other than that one, that's when we become powerful and can start sending energy to these different locations and places. And the voice told me that it was the love that came together last year and during the people that woke up during that pandemic and started looking at the truth, that there was enough people that woke up that shifted everything. And this is why there's a lot of rumble and there was a lot of things that happened on January 6th, which actually had to happen in order to wake people up. Because we in the United States tend to become so complacent because our world and our lives have been pushy that we need things to shake us up. So one of the things I noticed going back to prosperity is that, yeah, gas went up, groceries went up, but you know what? I have enough. Right. And there's, there's my source, the only source, is that which people call God or higher power. That's the one. Not your job. Your job is the way you get your paycheck. But your higher power is the one that's going to sustain you. And it, even when you go to dinner and someone picks up the tab, I always in my mind say thank you because it actually saved me money. Mm-hmm. That's a way of, you know, staying prosperous so that you didn't have to fork out all this money. I always, I always say, yes, I'll pick up the next tab. But right. still, you always give thanks for even a little, even a little gift that someone gives to you. Right. It's, and, it's, you know, and sometimes part of prosperity is a good trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. 
So. Absolutely. And you know, the thing about a trigger is that they're actually here to teach us what we need to change on the inside. So what it does is it brings up an, a reaction from us that was in our bodies or in our being somewhere, and it just came up. Most people go, oh, no. And then we do things to cope with those emotions like eat or drink or do drugs or shop or whatever. Instead of doing that, the emotion that comes up, greet it with a thank you. Thank you for coming up and making me notice that you were still in my body. I honor you, and I'm going to convert your energy into pure love because, you know, we can't we cannot create energy, we cannot destroy it, but we can certainly convert it. So as soon as we send love to that energy, mm-hmm. then it starts to convert, and then it, I let it go, and I see it leaving like a balloon, you know? And then when it's ready to disappear, I say, thank you, and I'm glad you're feeling so much better, and you're going to have a great existence. Then you take a couple of minutes, because that energy left our body from someplace. Right. Maybe it was in your thigh. Who knows? No. <laughs> it was in my stomach. Oh, Okay, anyway, wherever it was, we let it go, and then we say, just for a couple of minutes, just say, wherever that energy was lodged, I want it now replaced with pure love, which balances me even more. So then the next time you get a trigger, it will be a different kind of trigger. It won't be the same thing, but a lot of people freak out about finances, and, you know, when we freak out, we're disconnected. We're disconnected, and we become desperate. We don't. We start thinking, well, how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? You know, that's one of the most dangerous questions we can ask ourselves is how or if, right. when. So leave that to a, you know, when we're working in tandem with the higher power, God, uh, or, or the source, whatever you want to call it. I'll just call it God. Keep it simple. When we connect with God, we don't have to know how something's going to happen. That's called working in tandem. It's none of our business. Let it happen, like when you plant a seed in the in the in the garden. You don't sit there and dig it up every day to see how it's doing. You leave it alone and you just keep watering it, and then it does the thing. When a woman's pregnant, you don't open up her belly to see how the baby's doing. You leave it alone. The universe works with miracles. You know, it, it allows things to expand and grow. So let it. You know, right? <laughs> let no. it, and don't get caught up on temporary emotions, which are, they pass. I see them now as clouds because uh, you look at a cloud. You go, oh, that's so pretty, and then you look back a few minutes later, and it just it looks different completely because it's moving. So to me, emotions are temporary. Let them come and let them go. Right. Well, one of the things you said in your little bullet list is that a lot of this negative thinking comes from being uh, disconnected to the source. Yeah. yeah. Do you have an easy trick to connect to the source? Yeah. I. <clears throat> what, sorry. <clears throat> what I do is every morning when I go into my meditation, I put my left hand right at my heart and I put my right hand up in front and I just hold it and I say, I'm now connected with the source of love, all that is. We are one, we are love, we are light. We are one, we are love, we are light. We are one, we are love, we are light. Then I take my right hand and put it on my uh, on my heart and then I take the left hand and I put it up and I say the same thing. My heart is connected to the source of love. We are one, we are love, we are light. We are one, we are love, we are light. We are one, we are love, we are light. Then I take both hands and I put them up and I say the same thing three times, which is nine times total, which is the number of completion. As soon as I'm doing that, my fingers tingle. Even right now as I'm saying it, my fingers are tingling because I know that there is some form of vibrational frequency that is entering my body and leaving my body. And the reason I put my hand over my heart is the left side is receiving, the right side is standing. So... As the, the um, source is connecting with me so that we are one, I'm giving back to the source. I learned that when I was at Stonehenge. 
Hmm. There was a voice that came to me when I was sitting there, and it said, everyone comes here to take from us. And I thought, us? Well, who are you? And they gave me a sense of beings that were extremely evolved, like more on the eighth frequency or dimension. And they said, you're putting your hands out and you're giving to us. And I was sending out gold light from my heart. And I don't know what was gold, but it was gold. I didn't ask for it. I just saw it. And they said, thank you for giving back and understanding that it is a give and take process. It is not just about giving. It's not just about receiving. It's about both, which completes the circle of giving and receiving which is why we have to charge for our work. Because when we give away lessons or advice, people don't take any of it seriously and they don't use it. Unfortunately, the way it is is when they invest in something, whether it be bartering or money, they have to, they have to give back as they're receiving wisdom and well, guidance from Well, us. yeah, it's an energy exchange. And in this world, money is an energy. Uh, yep, it is. That's the way it is. So, uh, you know, again, when people say, well, can you just, you know, do a session, your sessions are expensive, and I go, well, what can you afford? And then they tell me, and I said, okay, that's the deal. Because I'm not going to exclude anybody because they don't have any money or lack. But then I teach them how to bring money into their lives so that they never have that situation again. And it always works. Right, so, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I want to just backtrack a little to uh, your nine times uh and giving and receiving. You know, some bear used to say that white people make the mistake when they pray of keeping, you know, the normal position people put their hands in, the prayer position where it's hand, hand, you know, palm against palm, praying yeah. upward. And he says, when you pray, you should cup your hands together like you're ready to receive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the third time I say it, I always cup my hands. I, you know, I put my hand up, but then I cup the third time I cup it. And I, you know, I just didn't even pay attention to that. But what right. you're saying now validates what I was told to do. Now I know why I'm doing it. I didn't know why I was doing it. Right. Well, <laughs> well, you know, all the years, all the years that I've taught, especially the medicine wheel, uh, I, I, I like shortcuts. I'm like the queen of shortcuts. So I just mm -hmm. taught my students. You know, I mean, if people don't have the, and I'm sure it doesn't take more than thirty seconds to do what you were doing in the morning. But uh, one of the things I would tell them is to just say out loud, I'm directed, connected, and protected by the Great Spirit. Mm -hmm. And just get on that's with it. That's true. That's true. And that, those are the words I say in the morning. Because my meditation is about 15 minutes. And that's part of it, too. You have to be grateful. And the other way is when we, when we pray for something, we don't pray to ask for things. We, we give thanks as if they're already here. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's a, that's a little trick when you're working with a full moon. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people oh, work with, a lot of people work with moon energy. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, they th you can ask, you know, you can t ask on a new moon, they tell you. Uh, but a full moon is time to give thanks. But the way you can trick <laughs> you can trick it is to give thanks on a full moon as if you already have what it is you're asking for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, gosh, there's just... I love the fact, you know, this planet is so loving. Planet Earth is so loving that it's always giving us second chances and third chances to reset. Because everything that's happening outside of us is giving us information of how and where we need to make changes. Uh. People don't look at it that way. They just react, and then they start storming off getting angry or whatever it is. I think that when we say, okay, anger existed within me, I need to get rid of 
that, you know, because getting angry is like giving somebody drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. That's insane. Oh, yeah, and holding in anger is a surefire way to create some kind of dis-ease inside your body. Inside your body, exactly. So what happens is when people live this way, it becomes their normal, and they start to settle for mediocrity, and, and that's not okay. Life is supposed to be much better than that, but people, like the person with an abusive husband, they stay that way, they figure they can deal with it. Right. They're settling, and, they're, and you cannot settle. You deserve more, and love's not supposed to hurt. Look, I always tell people settling is something houses do and lawyers do. <laughs> I love that. So, hey, I love you. Settle, so don't, don't, <laughs> That's don't, hilarious. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle for less. But, you know, oh. if you were to go outside and you look at nature, okay, uh, any bush, any tree, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and what you see is abundance, okay? Mm -hmm. You can't count the leaves on one tree. Right, yeah. So all of nature speaks of abundance. And humans have forgotten that we're part of nature. That's beautiful, Maria. That's beautiful. This is, oh my gosh, I love that so much. You know, I, I, just, I just really want the listener to understand, please shift. Everything is talking to us. If we're not listening in the daytime, it's going to come through in a nightmare. Because nightmares are not bad. Nightmares are just trying to intensify the, the message so that you wake up and say, oh my gosh. But if you don't know how to interpret a dream, get a book called The Dream Book by Betty Bassard. Oh, it is amazing. Man, I'm a, over the years, I must have sold a thousand copies of that book for her. Oh, I know. It's really good, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, she simplifies it so easily, uh, how to work with your dreams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, uh, I've got listeners, I've got clients, I've got students that are really gifted in the area of dream interpretation. Oh. Uh, so I've often referred Betty's book because it's easy, okay? I've always believed that real spirituality is mm -hmm. easy. If it's, it's complicated yeah. and a big, you know, brouhaha, walk yeah. away, okay? <laughs> Just walk we away. Make, we, you know, you're absolutely right because we make life harder on ourselves by putting things in front of us that don't exist. And staying in the left brain and thinking about things from the left brain creates a lot of untruths and a lot of bullshit, quite frankly, you know, and it comes up with all these scenarios that aren't true. We overthink we're, we're looking for trouble, you know, that is. But, uh, like, I, I like her dream book because she's got, like, 2,000 symbols in it. And remember that a dream is always about you. Even if there's, there's other people or things, they all are about you. So when you read her book, you'll see what I'm talking about. But right. yeah. I love her interpretations. I resonate with all of them, you know, because there's a lot of dream books out there and they're right. full of crap. Well, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, if I'm teaching somebody dream work, which, you know, I don't want to brag, I'm pretty damn good at, uh, mm -hmm. because I not only dream for myself, but I can dream for other people. Um, I What I tell them, though, is that every symbol has a different meaning to each person. Exactly. So, I mean, if I dreamt about a string of pearls, it might mean something totally different to me than it does to you. Yeah, and if a person's into sex, it means something totally different to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good while it's 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 good while you're learning to use the. <laughs> I went there. I know it's good to while you're learning to uh, use you know the books and and what they hint at the the meanings are. Yeah. But eventually, Absolutely. eventually, you start to develop your own sense of yeah. what it yeah. means to you. 
Yeah, that's actually lesson two out of my lessons is, is creating your own symbolic list and your interpretations. Because in your mind, you're training your mind, this is what this means to me, and then when you're doing a reading or getting a message, all of a sudden that symbol shows up and you already know what it means because you gave it meaning. So it's a good idea to, to start with five lessons and you know create your interpretations of what it means to you, and then in another week add five more. I have a list of 50. I stopped at 50 because I didn't need any more than that. But what's interesting to me is that not only did it help me with dreams and with finding information for people, but people that were deceased, all of a sudden I saw them and they had the, like the Star of David over them. And I'd look at, the, at my clients and say, oh my gosh, I see your grandmother. She was Jewish. Right. You know, because those symbols start to show up during all kinds of readings and even communicating with the other side. So, um, yeah, we don't want to settle. Like houses and lawyers. All right, that's how many times I've told people that. What are you, a house? Only houses and lawyers settle. Monica, we need, to take, we need to take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're on your spiritual journey, either as a beginner or a long-time trekker, why not find out what's next for you? And not just here in this life, but after you leave this world. I find that many people are interested in who they were in past lives, but I've always preferred showing people what awaits them in their next life, your future self. Spiritual guidance is important as we move through this reality. Sometimes it's really hard to stay in balance here. Simple guidance and simple spiritual tools will help you make the path a whole lot smoother. So set up a consultation with me today at maria.net and let's look forward together. And now back to the show. Okay, but welcome back to Awaken with Maria or Monica. We're here to wake you and shake you, and not exactly bake you. Uh, but you <laughs> but know we're what? We're talking about triggers, you know, and I, I always say the triggers contain a valuable amount of information that, that they transform us. They're here to get us unstuck. So people can hold on to their crap and their anger and this and that, but guess what? You're only hurting yourself. As I said, you drink poison thinking that the other person's going to die. That's not going to happen. It only hurts itself. So it's here to, you know, this, this planet, this world, is always giving us information where we need to change. And triggers, they get us unstuck if we have the wisdom to understand what came up from within us. Don't right. put it back down. Don't shove it back down. Don't get busy so that you don't have to think about it. Men are really guilty of this. They don't want to think about certain things, so they just get busy or find another woman, you know, <laughs> uh, in order to distract uh, but that's the truth. That's the reality. And the key is if you go inside and you see what needs to be unstuck, all of a sudden you feel so much better. It's almost like the caterpillar turns into the butterfly and now the person's ready to fly. It's a good feeling. And what happens is when we have those levels of consciousness, too, we experience something called miracles. Everything's in synchronicity and everything we need and want just shows up all by itself. We don't have to ask how. However, i got to say one thing. Back in the 1970s, I used to go to this uh, size of mine church and one of our guests was Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he taught us how to create a universal bank in our mind. And we created a universal bank in our mind. And I used to say, like, this big old safe, and I could open it because it had consciousness that recognized me. So the door opens. I walk into this really bright room that has all kinds of currency, uh, coins and gold bullions and, and uh, you know, paper money from different parts of the world. He says, just go in there, find the currency for U.S. dollars, and take what you need. And as you take the bill one at a time, and I always took $100 bills or 50 
you count them and put them in the left hand of receiving, and as you take from there, they replenish themselves automatically so that you know that the universe is completely unlimited. It is You have access to it. All you have to do is take what you want, but not more than what you need, and it manifests in 72 hours. And Maria, for as long as it ever took me to manifest anything by using that technique was one week, but it all showed up, all of it. Mm-hmm. So when you visualize this, know that this is your universal bank, and right before you leave, you say, thank you so much for providing for me. I know that at this point in time, it's in the higher frequency, and I can't wait till it manifests into the physical world in 72 hours, and it never fails. Well, that's great. And, you know, another uh, mistake people make is when they are uh, doing these things or asking or demanding uh, yeah. for whatever it is they need, want, desire. Uh, is they always put how it has to happen. And I've instructed my students for many years to always end whatever uh, mantra they're using with, it doesn't matter how it happens. Exactly. You know what I call that? Divine order. And then I say, and it's my divine right, and this is in divine order. I speak this into existence. I give it to my higher power, and I set myself free so that you're not worried about something and worry is the opposite of faith anyway so that negates it you know and also when people are in fear that's an uh, that's an absence of love so we got to pick a lane every morning which one are we going to serve and when we do that we set the tone for the day that's why i like to meditate before i do anything else you know again 15 minutes big deal it's worth it i feel good you know and it, it just everything flows i would rather be in the flow and i love you know, Maria, you and I have been into this for a long time, and we know that no matter what happens, even if it's at the very tail end of, the, you know, when we need something, it shows up. And for me, I love the sense of miracle, and I know that it's going to happen, so it's like I just go on my day, you know, just with the things I need to do. And, and you know, like you, we've been in this for so long. I have such passion for my work. I love what I do. I love watching people transform and really discover the power within themselves. Well, me too. And I love giving them direction. You know, to yeah, me... you're a great teacher. Right. To me, you know, if somebody's just getting a, a reading uh, for entertainment, I tell them, if you want entertainment, take your money and go buy a, a ticket to the theater. Uh, but if you're looking for direction you know, which way to turn, you know, what, what are you, what is in your timeline for this lifetime? What can you avoid? What can you aim for? What books should you read? What do you need to learn? Uh, and I, and I see the difference from a beginning of a session to the end in the person's attitude. It's almost like I can see their aura, even though they're not in front of me and I can Uh watch it change. You know, I always tell people, stop lying to yourself, you know, uh, one quotation I learned, oh, my God, a decade ago, know thyself and then become thyself. And then I go, okay, you know what? This is who I really am. Why am I calling myself that? You know, this is who I am, divine, divine, in order. And that stuff like losing weight, that's not something I can't do. Of course I can do it, and I've done it many times, actually. Right. So that was my comfort place where I used to go in order to, because my upbringing was really tough, you know. People always say, oh, you're so lucky. You know, I'd love to switch places with you. And right. Have my and I'm like, no, you don't want to switch places with me. Right. I, I, I had a tough, tough, tough upbringing. Well, I think anybody worth their salt in, uh, in counseling on any level, any type of counseling, 
has experienced a lot, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of crap in their lives. Yeah, you know, people yeah. say the same thing to me, and I'm like, man, you have no idea what I went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and when I was going through it, you know, either as a young child or as a teenager or in my twenties, thirties, whatever. Uh, and the lessons and the challenges just kept coming. I mean, they just kept coming. And I would just say, you know, why can't you just give me a book? I can learn this from a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you get older and you really step into wanting to help other people, being able to help other people, you realize why every single thing you experienced, uh, you had to experience in order to help others who are either yeah. going through it or to help them avoid going through it yeah exactly and you know i i've got to say that we can learn a lot from our past listening to other people i find that we have the toughest lessons as teachers and as workers of this this path we go through a lot of things before a lot of other people and i and i know now the reason why is because when someone calls us with uh the same issue we've already been there done that we know exactly what to tell them what to do and it comes off as not being fake at all because we've been through it, it's, uh, it's authentic. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things I want to say is that we have to live consciously uh, for a while until we really, really are aware of breaking old habits by being conscious of what we're saying to ourselves, thinking, and feeling. And The Power of the Spoken Word is a great book written by uh, Florence Scoville Shin. She wrote four books in the 20s. Uh, the Game of Life and How to Play It, The Power of the Spoken Word, Your Word is Your Wand, and The Secret Door to Success. Now she's got all four books compiled. She died in the 40s, but they've compiled her book into one. It's called The Wisdom of Florence Scoville Shin, S-H-I-N-N. You'll find it for like 15 bucks on Amazon. Highly recommend it. And that's one of the first books I read when I was 16 years old. So the key is if we want to hold on to our old habits and we want to hold on to that which makes us miserable, then then people are going to choose misery. But the key is it sabotages our lives when we lie to ourselves the way we do. And the the spoken word is super powerful. In fact, one positive thought will will completely wipe out 100 negative ones. That's how powerful it is. Then our emotions start to change and we feel better. And when we say it out loud, because I speak things into existence now, I heard that from the professional NBA basketball player, one of the best players of all times is Stephen Curry from the Warriors. And he said, I speak things into existence. The guy's 33 years old, has paid a $133 million contract. And they asked him, how, how do you do this? He goes, I speak things into existence. In other words, he says it out loud so that God knows. And then he just lets go. That's where we get that saying, let go, let God. That's what it really means, is to release it and not sit there and fill your head with all this heaviness. Then you feel like there's a, there's a ton of, uh, on your shoulders and back, and then you have a lot of upper back problems. And then when there's a lot of worry about money, it actually affects the lower back. So the key is one to definitely stretch the lower back so that it doesn't get tight. But I read a book by John Sarno called Mind-Body Connection, and I took the seminar, oh my gosh, back in the 90s. And um, he said that when you have any kind of back pain, if you get a piece of paper and start writing down everything that's on your mind, then all of a sudden things from the past are going to surface, and you're going to start writing about all those. He says, but when you're done writing, your backache's gone, and guess what? The backache goes. Interesting. Right. Well, I find that with a lot of people, when they have back problems, it's because they feel like they're not being supported. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're taking on the weight of the world, and this is why we're so... It's so important to get ourselves the major priority and make ourselves at the top of the list or put ourselves 
at the top of our list. You're absolutely correct there. And, uh, you know, when we reprioritize, I don't have time for myself because I got to take care of kids, I got to take care of that, blah, blah, blah. Here's the interesting part is that when we decide to be there for ourselves, the universe conspires to make sure that we have the right time and that we have the time we need in order to get things done for ourselves. It rearranges our schedule. Right, absolutely. Because if you can't, if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't help other people. That's correct. I always say that, especially people that are born in September or have nines in their in their birthdays. Because I study numerology, those people are always giving, 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 and that's a lose lose strategy. And that means that you you don't feel worthy of receiving. And there's a great book called Self Parenting by John Pollard. It teaches us how to talk to ourselves about ourselves and how to change it so that we're nurturing that inner child that needs reassurance. Great book, Self-Parenting, John Pollard, P-O-L-L-A-R-D. So, and it only takes an hour to read. That's the cool thing, but it shows you how to, how to actually talk to yourself in ways that are much more you know, loving. And the key to this book, I mean, I've had so many clients call me back crying after they read that book. They said, oh, my God, that helped me so much because it really spoke to me. That's why I said since 1972 when I started professionally until now, the, the, the same issue has existed. People are not loving themselves. Once we do that and we've mastered that, we can really turn this world around. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, starts, with, it starts with you. It starts with the individual. Mm-hmm. A- and I know a lot of people that don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that look for a partner to validate them. Uh, you know, or or to provide their happiness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is why it pisses me off when I see movies like, I forgot what it's called, but the line in it is, is like everybody knows it when the girl said, you complete me, and I was like, what the hell? What do you oh, mean yeah, you I think me? that was uh, Jerry, oh. I think that was Jerry Maguire. That's it. Yeah, with Tom Cruise, right? Right, but you don't need anybody yeah. to complete you. <laughs> Nobody completes us. We right, we are oh. complete. We're complete when we get here. Yeah, the, trick, the trick in this life is to be able to balance yeah. uh, your male and female energies inside yeah. yourself. You know, and another um, uh, professional athlete, he was a football player for the 49ers who talked to me. You know, I got to know the team pretty well back in the 80s. They were winning Super Bowl. And he told me the reason why we're winning is because we're one mind and we think the same. He said, always look at the end result before you even do anything. He said, I see the end result of the uh, game before we even step on the, on the field. He said, and I also see myself hitting, hitting people hard. Everybody was afraid of being hit by Ronnie Lott because he was so strong, even though he's small. I think he was like 5'11 or something. But he's so super strong that people didn't want to be hit by him because he, he, did, he could do some damage. You know, so he told me, when you want something, only look at the end result. Don't care how it's going to happen or whatever. He says, right. Straight ahead. Right. If you did. And if result, you, you don't get distracted right. by these thoughts and emotions. And he said, and everything and everybody that you want will show up all by itself. Right. Like, I was really wanting to talk to Johnny Cochran because I knew what had happened. And I had the dreams, and Nicole Simpson came to me, and I was on the Lisa show about it. But I wanted to meet him, and all of a sudden, the universe put us in right there, face to face, you know. And I looked at him, and I go, you know what really happened, don't you? And he smiled at me. He goes, yeah, but I, you know, paid to do a job. And and later he was talking to me and stuff because, you know, he knew that I knew. And I knew that he knew. So, right. And he's so charming. I got his autograph, too. Huh. Uh, but right behind a, a baseball card that was signed by Barry Bonds, who used to play for the Giants. You know, he's very, again, another great player. And so both, both of their their uh, autographs are on the same. 
same card. I'm like, I can't sell this. Well, maybe I could. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is uh, asking or beseeching. I like the word beseeching better than asking. Oh, wow. Uh, but when you're beseeching the universe, you really have to stand in trust. Yeah. And I find that you know you're not standing in trust if you're asking for the same thing over and over again all day long, every day of the week. Change it to being grateful. Thank you for giving me this. Thank you for doing this. I am so grateful my heart is filled. Don't ask. Just give gratitude. And I always say be grateful before you receive. Absolutely. And be grateful after you receive. Yeah. Oh, by all means. Absolutely. Right. He said to me, he said to me, the end result is that we become a magnet for our highest and greatest good. In other words, everything we need shows up by doing nothing. Our lives stay the same. So the key is what do you want? And I do an exercise calling rating your life from one to 10. And when I first rated my life, I gave it a four. Yet I was doing a lot of national talk shows across the country back when Jerry Springer had an ordinary show, you know, and and Maury Povich had an ordinary talk show. It was back in the day in the 90s, and I was doing a lot of these, but I wasn't happy. And I was doing well. I was written about in a book, you know, called The Top 100 Psychics of America. And everything was going great for me, but I wasn't happy inside. Right. So I gave my life a rating of a four, and then I sat there. You have to sit down and write out why it's that number. And I wrote out why it's that number, and there was a lot of unresolved stuff from my past. Then you take the new paper and write, if my life is a 10, or when my life is a 10, this is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. This is how I see it. And I wrote, it took me an hour to do this. But you write your life as a 10. And then you look at the 4 and you look at the 10 and you realize that what's different is that you have to change on the inside. So the girl that gave me this test said, okay, I'm asking you three questions. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to go from a 4 to a 10? And I said, absolutely, because I love the way that 10 looks. Right. Okay, number two, what must you do in order to go from a 4 to a 10? The difference was my attitude, my, the way I looked at life, the way I was talking to myself, the way I felt. I felt undeserving. I felt not good enough. I felt that maybe success wouldn't last long or whatever. I had all these false ideas. So then um, I knew that what I had to do was change that because in the 10 life, it didn't exist there. I wasn't feeling insecure. I felt deserving. I felt happy. I felt loved. I felt all these things, and the love for myself existed, and I just felt high. It was a great, and I saw myself walking with my head up, and it just felt so good as I looked at every detail. And then she wrote it, but she says, your third question is, what happens if you don't do anything? And then she said, lift, lift up the first script, the number four, and there's your future. And I went, oh, no, that's not, not, right. not, not even an, right. an option anymore, right. you know? So I looked up the ten. Within one year's time, everything that was on the list of the ten manifested, all of it. Well, I've had to say that to a lot of my clients, you know, and, and I usually end the call with, when you hang up this phone, you're free to do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, but if you do not, if but if you do nothing, then that's what you're going to get. You yeah. know, it, it reminded me of uh, it was I think it was one of my friends who was a broker in New York, a stockbroker, and he said to me, and I never forgot it. He said there are three types of people in the world, Maria, and I said, really, what what is that? He goes, those there's people that make things happen. People that watch things happen, mm-hmm. and people who say, "What happened?" What happened? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like totally clueless. Yeah, I love that quotation. I love that kind of. Stuff. I see a lot of stuff like that on Instagram because I like post quotes. And um, you know, I think that sometimes if a person doesn't have a mentor, definitely look up 
motivational, inspirational quotes every day. You just Google the words and you'll have a ton of them. I just take snapshots of them or I download them and I, I keep them on my computer. So I have about 5,000 right. now and they rotate every minute. So that inspires me. But if you find a mentor, pick their brain. Don't ever tell your next-door neighbor what your goals are or your family if they're very negative people because they're going to tell you why you won't do it and why you can't. Exactly. I can't tell you how many people I say, you know, whether in session or not. You know, if you have something really good happening in your life, be careful who you share it with. Yeah, don't tell your neighbor. Well, because a lot of people, for some reason, are not happy for other people. Nope. And, you know, they're really, competition is a construct of this world, a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, lack is another construct of this world. I mean, there's more than enough for everyone. Oh, amen. Uh, and it doesn't matter what field you're in, you know. And what is mine will come to me. That's what I say, too. And you know what else I say? I learned this from another football player who plays for the Seahawks. He's a quarterback there, Russell. And he always says, why not me? Exactly. Why not me? Why not me? Yeah. All right. Well, when I was going through through my trials and tribulations, I would scream to the universe, why me? And the answer was always the same. Why not you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to share another tool because this one's a lot of fun. You can do this on your birthday or you can do it on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Get yourself a helium balloon like at Hallmark or wherever. Just get yourself a balloon in your favorite color. Make sure it's a pastel, though. You don't want a dark one. And have it filled with helium. I like this. this I think they're 16 and 18 inches. And don't get the mylar ones. Those are the silver ones. It's got a picture on one side. And they don't hold up helium, number one. Number two, you don't have enough space to write. So get the ones that are made of uh, like a vinyl or latex. latex, And have it blown up with helium. And, you know, if you want to get a few. My family used to do this together every year as a family ritual. And what you do is you get one of those Sharpie pens because that ink does not go anywhere. You mark it anywhere. You can't take it off. And go to the balloon. On one side of the balloon, write down everything that you're going to let go of that that you feel sabotaged you, whether it's you, your thoughts, your emotions, or other people. And a limited thinking, whatever it was, write it all down on one side of the balloon. Then flip the balloon to the other side and write down everything you want to accomplish in the next 12 months with the help of your working in tandem with the higher power. You're going to do this together. Once you filled out that balloon, it feels really good. You don't want to do the negative. You want to let go of that stuff, and you want help with creating the the other side of what you wrote. Then at the bottom, I always write, so be it. Then I go outside and I release the balloon and I said, this is my letter to you, God, my higher power, the source of love. This is between you and me. We're going to get this done. So I release the balloon and I, I just keep watching it until it pops and I can't see it anymore and it really goes to pie. But then I also say, because someone else pointed this out to me, I don't want that plastic or that vinyl or that latex to land on a bird or any kind of wildlife where they get their little paws entangled on the string. I don't want it to be in a place where, you know, it's polluting. I want it to be near a garbage can. So you can make sure that you're saying things like that, right. that it's not harming. Right. And that one's fun because once you've let it go, once I can't see anymore, right. I go, so be it. It is done. Thank you. Well, you know, you could do the same thing. Anybody can go into a grocery store and buy those seven-day candles. And you can actually write it on the glass on the candle yeah and once I, the once the seven days has completed yeah you just say thank you and and toss it yeah in fact catholics because i was raised catholic originally catholics we had the saints and they were always in these 12 inch jars and it has right. pictures in the front like saint jude who's a miracle right. worker 
Right. And you light it and say the prayer nine times, and uh, then it goes out, and, and then you just let go and trust. So there's a lot of different ways. There's also the Council of Nine, which the Taoists use a lot and the Buddhists use a lot. When you connect with them, you have to use a certain kind of um, chant, which right. you know. And when you use these chants, it actually creates this to happen, and you can connect with the Council of Nine. And, man, are they powerful. They are so powerful. I've got stories, but, of course, we don't have time. No, we don't. Actually, we're out of time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, is, this was a very... And we continued. And just remember this. Our source is the only source that provides our good, and it chooses how it's going to do it. You don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. Well, you take good care, Monty. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Oh, I love you, Maria. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Monica, check her out at monica.com. And uh, hey, if it's been a while since you and I have had a chat, then you're overdue. So we're, we're here, we're happy to help, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening and supporting The Maria Show. Tell others what you learned today. Knowledge becomes wisdom only when it's shared. Encourage others to subscribe today. www.maria.net Often imitated, never duplicated. A world of information all in one place. www.maria.net Always ahead of the curve. Always on your side. Get active or get radioactive. Subscribe today.